0: Today we have a crazy story of signing a toxic boss up for therapy multiple times. We'll get into that in a bit but first, I quit my job of 6 years just to prove to senior management how useless and incompetent my manager was and it worked. I started my last job in 2017. I was a part-time warehouse worker who over a few years was promoted into a transport admin slash management role. Myself and another colleague ran our department between us, only really reporting to our then line manager if we needed support with any part of our job, or time off, etc. But other than that he trusted us completely to run things. It wasn't without its stressful days, but we had a really good thing going. Then in 2021, the business made some changes, moved our then line manager onto different departments and got a new designated manager just to manage us two in our department. We were naturally quite bitter about it, but nevertheless thought we'd give him a chance. He turned out to be an absolute control freak and a bully, but he was strange. He could be very supportive one minute, then a manipulative bully the next. He loved poking fun out of the fact that I had a car accident last year. He loved solely targeting me for the bad jobs and loved causing trouble between me and other colleagues. Then in March this year, my girlfriend fell ill whilst pregnant and was forced to give birth to our son six weeks prematurely. It was quite an awful, traumatic time, and I ended up having three weeks off work. When I returned, I had a mountain of work to catch up on that nobody covered in my absence, followed by me trying to catch up on it, and my manager pulling me away to do other projects for him when his other two staff members weren't doing anything, then when my work was late, was forever kicking off at me that I couldn't manage my time properly, etc, etc. Then in May, he made a major mistake and pinned the blame on me for it. It caused issues between me and two colleagues I had to work closely with and I was threatened with disciplinary action. Then I got thinking to myself, without me running his department, he is nothing. Without me, he wouldn't have a job. Without me, he wouldn't be able to explain what was going on with his department to senior management. How I ran his department for him on half of his salary. He takes all the glory and we get all of the grief. I had one last run in with him over this mistake he'd made and handed my formal notice into him the following day. It was funny over those four weeks of serving my notice, just watching him slowly take over my responsibilities and struggling with them. Those responsibilities that he often told me, I don't even know what you do during the day. He had to then do the horrible jobs he used to pile on me. And on my final day in June, I told my fellow colleagues that I'll give him three months before he either quits or gets fired. Within the first few weeks, the department massively failed their monthly audit, which sparked attention of the company directors who were sent in to investigate, as this had never happened before. Then, bang on a month later, I was on holiday and had one of the senior managers ringing me and texting me asking for passwords for systems. As my line manager had gone on holiday and hadn't organized anything, I ignored him because I didn't work there anymore and I was on holiday. Then he kept continuing to make mistakes. He had an order to central items which caused trouble for the site. He didn't have a clue about the job in question as I originally was out to prove. Then a month after that. He was suspended from his duties pending further investigation, as management finally realized he couldn't do his job in question. Month after that, management claimed he quit with immediate effect. I think he was fired. But either way, my three months prediction was right, and he couldn't run that shift without me. It really is petty revenge quitting a job to prove a point, but it proved the point. Good riddance. I now run my own business, have a much better work-life balance, earning more than I could ever dream of in that place and life is fantastic. Honestly, at some point, it feels like OP was doing such a big workload and carrying this thing so hard that it kind of made sense for them to kind of look to move to trying doing things on their own. As long as they work in an industry where they can do that, OP seems to have a pretty good sense of what it takes to get things done, and obviously they knew that line manager could not. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, you want your packages to be delivered early in the morning? Then later in the evening, you will have them. Like six years ago, I was working at DPD as a delivery driver. The program was ruthless, like 12 hours a day, but I enjoyed the job and making sure everyone got their package in time and bring close to no packages back to depot felt good. One time it was like 10 a.m. when an older guy with a nice car parks near me, comes at me kind of angry, And says that he needs his packages ASAP and that he spoke with my boss that his packages need to be delivered early in the morning. My boss said nothing to me and he usually didn't care as long as I did my job properly. I start my shift at 5am, taking the packages, scanning them, sorting them by area, loading them and by 9am to 10am I start delivering them. So the car was full of packages and I had a long butt Mercedes Sprinter His packages were like in the middle of the car, so I need to start unpacking the car to find them. After I've worked for like 15-20 to minutes to please this guy, by unloading half the car in the street, putting this four heavy packages in his car, he just closes his car and drives off. I wasn't looking for any tipping because it's not a thing in this country, he just ghosted me. As we say in my country, not a thank you, not a freak you, no nothing. After I learned better the tour that I was driving, I started leaving that area where the old guy was living as my last to be delivered. It was just an area with houses, I had other areas with a lot of businesses, buildings that maybe closed earlier or having a break or many packages so I empty my car faster. The area where that guy is living is on my way when I start delivering and also on my way when I'm heading back to depot, so I can choose with no problem to deliver those packages early in the morning or later in the evening. Normally, I chose that area as my last one. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with better help. That's betterhelphelp.com slash storytimepod. In like a few weeks after the incident, I was doing my job early in the morning when the old guy finds me again and demands his packages. I say that I will not give him them because I need to empty the whole car for the packages, and he needs to wait until I come to his house to give them. When he saw that he can't have them, he just drove off and waited for my arrival. Fast forward to 6pm, I was delivering packages in the area, but not his as it was the last one just because of his house placement, like 10 clients before him. He finds me and says that he's working with music instruments and he had a client waiting with him by his house for hours, watching me in the app just passing by his house but never came to give him the packages. His client left before I was there, he didn't need the packages no more, and he lost 1500 euros because of me. I don't need a tip. A smile and a thank you will make me deliver your packages as my first stop in the morning. So I think wherever this is going on is a little bit different than my neck of the woods, but I'm surprised in general that OP was even willing to stop and hand these packages directly to this person without actually going to the house. That kind of thing would never fly here even if that person was like, here's my ID, here's all the possible proof I can give you that I do live in this place. I think if somebody tried that here, they would be told rather bluntly that there's nothing they can do and that they need to go home and wait. Our next story is, my friend humiliated me in front of my friends, so I ruined his grades and humiliated him in front of the whole batch. My classmate humiliated me in front of my friends, so I humiliated him and screwed his grades in front of the entire batch. The story begins on Monday, today's a Saturday. My classmate was sitting next to me in a lecture and the professor called me up to fix the projector as she wasn't able to show the PowerPoint she had made for the class. Now, like everyone else, I had my laptop out and I left my desk to help her. This jerk classmate of mine decides to take my laptop and open my browser and show the benches behind me my search history. Let's just say it had adult content from last night. I return back to my desk and find people giggling at me. Then I find out that they'd seen my history and the stuff I'd opened and seen last night. Now, at least 10 people knew I was into MILFs. It was humiliating for me because this was personal. Some of you may ask, why don't you use private browsing? Well, because I'm an adult, viewing it on my own laptop. Ethically, nobody should be going through my history on a laptop which belongs to me. I shut up and acted like nothing was the matter, but inside, I was seething with rage. Today he sat next to me again. We had to do a presentation in our anthropology class. This man had prepared a PowerPoint, just like everyone else, and kept it on his desktop. He decided to go take a leak before the professor arrived in class. This was my opportunity. I went into his laptop and took a screenshot of his desktop. Then I selected all the folders in his desktop and deleted them and emptied the trash. I then turned off transparency effects in the start menu so that his taskbar doesn't look weird and set that screenshot as a wallpaper. The man returned and his laptop appeared unchanged. He smiled at me and told me to delete my browser history before I plug in my laptop to the projector for my presentation. I laughed at his joke. The presentations began and his turn came this dude was frantically clicking on the folder containing his powerpoint but nothing was happening he looked frightened the professor scolded him for wasting her time and told him to get back to his place this was a graded assignment and he scored zero on it everyone in the class was also laughing at him i finally suggested to him that he should reinstall windows it typically fixes all issues he did that and in the process lost all his data but his computer was back to working condition. What OP did here is absolutely devilish. For anybody that might not fully understand what happened here, they took a screenshot of the desktop, which means they took a picture of all of the folders and files, and it's just an image, just a JPEG. And they changed the desktop background to that JPEG so it looks like all the files are still there. They might have even have been able to recover all of those files that got deleted, but after reinstalling Windows? Chances are a lot of those files were genuinely lost. Our next story is, I pretended to be a recruiter to troll a former workplace bully. A few months ago, I landed a job as a customer service rep at a company. Let's call it ABC company. And there was this colleague, let's call her Karen. Even though we're of the same level, she liked to think of herself as my boss and would constantly micromanage me, making up stupid rules and forced me to follow them, etc one day i finally couldn't stand her and called her out on her behavior she got upset and went to complain to the manager who then stepped in to resolve the conflict i could tell the manager was on her side but pretended to act fair and unbiased ever since this incident karen would occasionally throw shades at me be passive aggressive at me and pass work that was supposed to be hers to me basically she would do all these little things just to annoy me and make my working days unpleasant Despite me trying to ignore her, she'd keep coming at me because she knew her friends and the manager would side with her. And then one day, she purposely found an excuse to cause another huge drama, and the manager sided with her again. I couldn't take it anymore and quit on the spot. After about two weeks, I was still pretty angry with how she ruined my job. I decided to at least do something to take revenge. In where I live, recruiters in HR would often approach job applicants or any individuals open to work via WhatsApp. And because based on Karen's LinkedIn profile showing she's open to work and that I have her phone number, I decided to approach her by pretending to be a recruiter by using a second phone number that I have. I approached Karen with this fake identity and told her that we were hiring a customer service rep position. I made up a job description that was similar to her current job but with slightly better compensation and benefits. Once she said she was interested, I then gave her a job application form and some customer service writing tests that I'd created to make it more believable. Also with her job application form, I now have more of her personal info that I might be able to use in the future. After that, I scheduled an online interview with her on the day after tomorrow. When the day of the interview arrived, I texted her about an hour before the interview saying that upon a background check, We found that she'd been engaging in workplace bullying and harassment, and so we would not move forward with her application. Obviously, she was baffled and went, what? I didn't reply. She then said, this is nonsense, I'm going to check with them. Again, I didn't reply because she's the type of person where the more you talk to her, the more she's going to come back at you. She likes arguing, and the best way to annoy her is to ignore her, so that she doesn't have a channel to vent. I could already tell she's fuming. Plus, whether she asked her manager or not, that's still a win for me. If she asks, then her manager will know that she's thinking of resigning, which will create an awkward situation. If she doesn't ask, then she's gonna feel embarrassed that someone out there knows of her toxic behavior and she has no way to defend herself. Initially, I wanted to make this a pro-revenge by taking it a step further, by actually interviewing her and then offering her this fake job making her resign from her current job, and finally telling her that we are rescinding the offer because of the background check. But then it would be quite hard to find someone else to interview her, since she recognizes my voice. Also, I was worried that falsifying an offer letter would put me at risk of a lawsuit. So ultimately, I decided to just take the small victory with that fake background check. Yeah, if OP's willing to go behind their back and honestly get all of this private or at least semi-private information from them, they probably should play it safe and not push their luck on this. I mean, if it's traceable back to them, I don't know if anything legal wise could be done, but not a good luck even just for the personal exchange that might be going on. This next story is recreated a Grey's Anatomy scene to insult my father's mistress. I'm 35 year old male. My dad, 67 year old male, separated from my mom, 68 year old female, a couple years ago. He's a drunk and cheated for years. My mom found out he'd been traveling for work and actually had been meeting a girl, 40 year old female, from his old neighborhood. This girl knew my dad was married. Once he moved out, he made his relationship with this woman official. They moved in together. He even financed her new shoes business. My mom and my dad still have a business together. They're still married for insurance reasons. They see each other every day. My sister still talks and has dinner with him once a month. He still drinks every weekend. He asks my mom about how me and my sister are doing. He still finds his way to get invited to the family Christmas parties and pretty much nothing has changed for him even though he cheated and left us. So I decided to cut him off my life because it enrages me so much that there are no consequences for what he did. I have no contact with him whatsoever. Every now and then he texts me for my birthday or when there's an important event in my life and asking me out for dinner, but I just don't answer. My dad is pretty much dead to me. I think that's a pretty fair thing for OP to do. Honestly, either way, if you want to have a relationship with your father, I get still having that. But if you also find it so disgusting or disheartening that they did cheat. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. I understand why you'd hold it against them all together too. Our next story is the smell of dog poop. So the house next to me for a few years was a rental, didn't mind it, most of the renters were good except for one, young female and her little white dog. She was a nasty piece of work and her dog never shut up. It barked from the minute she got up and let outside, which was 5am, till she got home from work. She had it locked in the house all day. After a few weeks of this and even approaching her about the issue of the dog barking, she threatened to call the police on her neighbors. I had no choice but to call the real estate agent and complain. The agent let it slip that she'd been kicked out of her last rentals because of her behavior and the dog and that it was pretty much her last chance. I said I don't care. The dog never ever shuts up. She hates it when you even approach her about the barking and she teases other people's dogs by walking up next to their fence with her dog winding up the other dog and then she complains to the council about it. The agent did nothing. So one day I was outside and saw all this dog poop on our side of the fence. We didn't own a dog at the time. I thought that's strange. Where did this come from? A few days later she was outside gardening and picking up her dog's poop. I watched as she leaned over the fence and dropped a ton of dog poop over our fence and she sprayed one of my mom's plants with weed killer. What she didn't know was that we had CTV cameras on our property. I reviewed the footage and saw her doing that numerous times. I decided I wasn't going to pick up her dog's poop and just do nothing. So I picked it up and dumped all the poop in a bag on her doorstep with a note saying I believe this is yours and I have evidence it is it's been sent to your agent and the landlord, enjoy. She threw a fit, but she knew she was in trouble. She kept dumping the poop, I kept picking it up and dumping it at her doorstep, or in other places that inconvenienced her, and again sent the video footage to the landlord and agent. A few months later, she was kicked out because there'd been several complaints about her and her dog. The agent found out that her partner was living there, and not on the lease. There was a second dog and the place smelled terrible due to the dogs being locked inside all day and they pooped and peed everywhere. I was gonna say, how did the dogs poop and pee everywhere inside the house if they were constantly dumping it? And then I realized why exactly they were dumping it. Because they wanted to try to get it out of their house. Also, it's so frustrating to hear that you had this terrible neighbor with video proof of them literally violating the space you live in And they didn't do anything until it started hurting their bottom line because they were destroying the house. And also had a free squatter. Our next story is, a kid picked on me, so I went to my older brother. But then that kid got his older brother. So my brother got our older brother. It goes on. Kid at school pushed me over in the 7th grade. I'm a girl, and I told my brother who's 2 years older than me. So he went up to the kid and threatened him and made him cry. The kid then went and told his older brother. So he came up to my brother and pushed him around. My brother then went to our eldest brother, but instead of going to the brother that pushed my brother around, he went to the house and told the boys to bring their dad outside. The guy said they don't have a dad. So my eldest brother said, Got a mum?" They said, yeah. My brother said, If you little expletives come near my brother or sister again, I'll come back and flog your mother. And those boys never even looked at us again. Listen, those boys' mother were probably the one pure, holy thing in their lives. I think they were smart enough to be aware. Probably not best to toe that line any further. This next story is, oops, forgot to tell my neighbor about our new fence. We moved to a new city three years ago, and we specifically told our realtor we would not buy a property that was subject to an HOA. She came through, no HOA. Apparently someone forgot to tell our neighbor. Either that or our realtor didn't notice our house is in a two-member HOA controlled by our neighbor. She called the city because we got a dog. She called the city because we were in our backyard at night. She called me because I gave her kid s'mores. She lost it on my kid and then called my daughter a liar when she was like, I don't need this, I have math homework. She also told us the property line is about 3 feet closer to our house than it actually is. I'm sorry, what? We had a boundary survey done before getting a privacy fence. I forgot to tell her, and the contractors are out there now, loudly installing the posts. Oh, and I think their sprinklers are in our yard. Bummer. Edit, there isn't actually a two-property HOA. We say that as a joke because she's constantly trying to tell her what to do. When we first moved there, we thought she was being helpful because this is our first experience with the suburbs, and we'd moved to a new state. We realized pretty quickly that she just likes telling people what to do. I've heard regular stories from relatives who live in a place that is definitely not in an HOA and they just have a neighbor who feels like it's their responsibility to die on the hill of trying to oversee construction and any update going on on their street. When my relative had tree service people come out, they called the cops on the tree service because they parked roadside. They said they were blocking the street. Cops smiled and said they were fine to just keep on going. Even just anytime they're apparently hanging out in their yard, they can tell that she's over there lurking, just kinda listening. They said they noticed they have a seat propped up against the fence in the yard so they can just sit there and listen. Our next story is Bring Back Dad Fights My 7 year old son is having issues with bullying at school. Despite my best efforts to instill a hard edge around my kid. He is very soft, gentle, and loving and wouldn't hurt a fly. He's also slightly developmentally delayed and has speech issues, and these issues, while not crippling or super noticeable, are enough to cause him to be the source of teasing and harsh group bullying by his peers. Now the crux of my story, I was waiting in the school quad for the end of the day bell to ring. I overheard a school mom and a school dad discussing their kids' friends groups. My son's name was mentioned and criticism from the school dad regarding that kid, John, let's call my son, is a little special in the head and James, let's call the other kid, is always swapping his crap food for John's good food. I'm not fussed as kids are kids, so I listened more intently after this as James has been a source of my kids bullying, hitting, kicking, spitting quite a bit and the school has done nothing. At this point, the school bell rang and James' dad then proceeded to say, Thank God I'm not James's parents because that kid is a downright P-word and wouldn't surprise me if he turns out queer. I went red with rage and took my son with me to approach James and his dad. I angrily said, I assume you meant this John? The dad then said, Yeah, mate, queer must run in the family. Poor idiot. I yelled expletives at him, told him he is a crap parent, and needs to step up and make a better example for his son. The dad tried to punch me and clipped me on the jaw, which was only a knock as I dodged it, then countered with a full fist to the front of the face. He dropped quicker than a ton of bricks, and I heard something crack, possibly his nose. Gathered up my son, told James to stay the heck away from my John, and told his dad to man up or else he gets more. Not that this isn't petty, but no one gives my son that treatment. That was a year ago. John has just turned eight and no one has messed with him since. Bring back dad fights. I mean, the only thing that made it okay was OP was literally defending themselves. When the other guy threw the first punch and actually connected at least a little bit, that made it a completely fair game in my eyes. And not gonna lie, with the way he was acting and what he said, is anybody really that upset anyways? This next story is, I signed my toxic boss up for therapy, not once, but multiple times. Okay, a bit of backstory, I went through a really rough time working for my female boss and her wife. They'd been married for some time, and my direct boss was the masculine partner. Emotionally, this job left me pretty rough. I felt very gaslighted and it took me some time to apply to new jobs, just because I defined my value and my personal worth by the actions and words spoken to me. For some context, there was a lot of racist connotations and there were many times that, based on my performance, I was excluded from team gatherings, lunches, and dinners. I didn't mind at first and thought perhaps a couple of us had to stay in the office and settle the clients that may reach out, and next time we would swap. However, that never happened. Other than this, there were several inappropriate instances that made me uncomfortable, along with conversations about dogs and how they can see ghosts, and how dogs are in particular fearful of people who may have a darker skin tone, with the CEO directly saying, yeah, my dog always barks more when there's Indians around. Besides the point, I had a really big sale come in that would have really saved the company, and I was drafting the contract. Unfortunately, between the back and forth, my then boss said the terms the client would like to amend are not acceptable. And because of this, the client decided to request for a 100,000 refund. My boss, of course, when I got the deal was super happy, told me I can work from home, take time off, etc. complete love bombing. And the moment she wouldn't amend the details to close the deal, it turned to my incompetence and my lack of ability. She called me into her office to tell me that she's seen my paychecks from jobs before and she knows this commission would be a big deal to me. She can consider to give it to me irregardless, but it's unlikely since I could not secure the deal. I felt quite disappointed because this was not in my control. As it neared the end of my probation, she would put me on PIP. Around two days after, she had told me that it would be best if I resign, as I'm not a good fit. Well, we could take the high road, and we have, but there's one thing I left out. I had an injury at work, and it caused me to have a concussion. Turns out she never got insurance for me, although it's a requirement as an employer. With almost a year of back and forth, she still speaks ill and she tells me that I can only email her once I have all the details from the incident, which have been provided. Rest assured, I've been non-receptive to her bullying, but she will be getting quite a number of calls from local therapists and psychiatrists, as she would be keen to know more about the counseling options they have for someone who lacks management skills and has family trauma. Alongside this, she will also get a lot of free webinars, and invites to join seminars on management and people skills with an additional bonus of how to be a leader class it's not much but it's enough i now welcome the community to join me for every single boss that has been a see you next tuesday dm me i'll send you the email and you can grant yourself access to wi-fi and feel free to include it in any marketing emails you deem fit let's make this international i mean honestly as soon as op had this concussion and they found out they don't have insurance to cover this they should have immediately gone to see a lawyer they probably should still our next story is crappy roommate fee i met two people in a housing group who were nice then we moved into a house already occupied by a guy and his sister the sister refused to pay utilities because she was away most weekends the guy hoarded dirty dishes until mold grew then dumped them in the sink He complained that he lived in a house of women but they didn't clean up after him. He dumped trash on the sidewalk and floor, threatened to throw away our stuff and joking about us not getting our deposit back because he was trashing the house. The roommates were nice but then every conversation became siding with him to keep the peace. Since I was there first and naive, I took over three utilities accounts but we agreed to split them up once everyone had moved in. Then they all refused to, citing a bunch of BS excuses, cue petty revenge. I could just close my accounts and have us go without electricity, water, Wi-Fi, etc., and cause a big fight. I decided instead to Venmo request everyone extra money every month. They thought their portion of the utilities was $160, when it was actually $130 each. It was just for the last three months and initially meant to cover my losses in case they refused to pay the last month of utilities, which one of them did. I was so worried about being stuck with a $500 utility bill the last month because I get billed two weeks after so everyone would be gone. Once I found a new place, I sent the landlord documentation of what I listed above, the mold, trash, and threats. He had no idea and messaged the group chat that we had a month to move out as he was selling the house is a loophole in our lease. This was a shock to everyone else because nobody knew I'd sent the documentation and they scrambled to find housing when I already had a place ready. There's not much better of a revenge than one where you legitimately profit from it, albeit probably not that much, but every little bit counts when you have to deal with jerks like that.